Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are extremely laid back, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? So, Jonah, I was thinking about how you're like a really enterprising guy and um i was thinking about a business idea you had when we were younger i I, would you want to elaborate on that sure yeah a lot of people don't know how enterprising i am but yeah big big fan (laughs) of shark tank entrepreneurship yep you emailed mark cuban once and he emailed you back i I did find mark cuban's email and i asked him to be on my old podcast and he did write me back right away and said i've been doing a lot of podcasts but but email me next year and i i still have his email Yeah, <laughs> we we may have to have Mark Cuban on this podcast. I haven't oh, reached out to him in a few sure. years. Yeah. You know, when I lived in Cleveland, my friend John, his name is John Stewart, different John Stewart. Different than, John Stewart. Yeah, yeah, different John Stewart than most people know. But he had this idea for a company that we almost started called Surprise Enterprise. The idea was <laughs> this was before subscription services were like a big thing like they are now. This was probably like 15 years ago. Yeah, maybe longer. Maybe longer. And yeah. the idea was you sign up. You go online, you pick like the things you're into, and then every month or every certain amount of time, you get a surprise. And we were going to, he had this this black kind of station wagon. We were going to decorate it called the Surprise Mobile. So you see this like brightly decorated car pull in, you know, your surprise is on the way. We come to your door. We say, here's your surprise. You don't know, you, you don't know when it's coming. There's like a month window. <laughs> so we just show up. You have to be home, I guess, but I, I don't know. We didn't work out <laughs> also, the details. I just, want, I just want anyone listening to know that it feels like you're pitching this idea to our guests. I, I actually, <laughs> and I don't know that he's going to invest. But go he ahead. looks kind of into it, and I think <laughs> okay. he might want to invest in it. Okay, okay. We'll ask him in a minute. But yeah, so we'd show up in the surprise mobile. We'd give you your surprise. And if you didn't like your surprise, you could go, you could exchange right, it for a different for surprise. A different and we surprise. would give you a, a survey up front to like gauge your size, right. your interests. And I think it's actually a pretty good idea, but I tried to get our dad involved in this. 
Yeah. This is probably the best part of the story. I went to our dad. I was like, me and John have this idea for Surprise Enterprise. We need some startup capital. You know, would you be interested? And he made it clear that not only was he not interested, he was like, I forbid you from pursuing this. This is such a bad (laughs) idea. I mean, I remember you pitching it to me and me being like, you know, I had a lot of questions. Yeah. But yeah, our dad was not into it. And you know, Jonah, you know, I think you're right. Like subscription stuff is really big now. I think some of the elements that might have made it tricky are um, generally like when you order surprises, they're for other people. So it's, you know, just the ordering a surprise for yourself can be tough <laughs> because, you know, right. it, it's the timing of it. And you, you want to be surprised, but you've also, you know, that you ordered it. So it's like, that's its own, has its own trickiness. And then I do think the van element, like most people, like I just know as, as someone who lives in a house now, like if a van were to drive up and be like knocking on my door and being like, surprise, like I would be, you know, scared or I wouldn't answer the door. Also just logistically one van, like, did, like, what if you got like, 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 what if it took off even a hundred people. Okay? Yeah, it would have to be a kind of a local kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it'd have at to first. be real local and pretty small, <laughs> a pretty small area, you know. And but look, when we've looked it up, there are some sub- surprise subscription services, but they're sort of like they call them surprise, but they use surprise kind of loosely. Like you can order a box of like items from this like person who's going to curate them in a certain way and you get one a month. Like it's not like a van pulls up in a weird time. <laughs> right. But I do think as a head of, I mean, curation yeah. is a huge thing now. Everyone's curation curating something. Huge. Subscription curation boxes, is I think, huge. you know, you get it for someone else. I don't think it's the worst idea, but I do think it's not totally worked out. I don't mean to, um, I, I, I do think you were onto something for sure. You know, I don't think you or John should feel bad that you chose to to uh, go other ways with your careers. But look, you had this great idea for Surprise Enterprise, really catchy name, Surprise Mobile, really great idea. You know, it doesn't mean you can't still do it. Yeah, maybe I'll do it. Surprise Enterprise is taken. It's like a life coaching site, which <laughs> okay. I don't really understand the <laughs> connection sort of strange, there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, John also just and his partner just had a kid. So congratulations to congratulations John. Congratulations to John. And just... Yes. And a heads up to people, please don't, if you look up Surprise Enterprise, don't expect it to be this yeah. service. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get confused with the surprise. When we launch, we'll have a different site, but yeah. the same great- We'll announce it on this, here. We'll announce it here. It'll be the same great concept and customer service. So yeah. So that's it. And Vanessa, do you want to introduce uh, today's I would love guest to and, rev- and potential investor in Surprise Enterprise? <laughs> yes. It looks, like, it looks like he's getting more interested by the minute. So- that's very exciting. Okay. Well, speaking of exciting, we're so excited about our guest today. He's truly a comedic force. He's an Emmy-nominated actor, writer, and comedian who you may know from his incredible work on Saturday Night Live, where he's played such iconic characters as the iceberg that sunk the Titanic, and more recently, a proud gay Oompa Loompa. Oh, you may also know him from starring in Nora from Queens or from his stellar podcast, Las Culturistas, which he does with fellow national treasure Matt Rogers right here on the Big Money Player. Network, please welcome our friend Bowen Yang. Hi, this idea sounds really interesting, but because <laughs> of the outbound warehouse issues and the outbound logistics complications, for that reason, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> wow, surprise enterprise is really good. Thank you, Bowen. Thank you. I've wanted that validation for so long from someone. <laughs> That's well, so nice, Bowen. Here it is. Here it is. Your dad didn't want to do it. I feel like subscription services like this are like on the way out. And so then they'll we'll loop back around to this yeah. as a, as like a, a lucrative business in like 10 years when like people will have an appetite for it again. Yeah. So I feel like that you have time to like really develop this with John and with me and Vanessa, if you want. Right. Yeah. With this team, I think. Yeah. I think we could really pull together. It's actually, that's a really good point, Bowen, is that like if, when it comes back around in 10 years, by then we'll have done so many podcasts and you'll have so many investors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pitch all of our guests on this. So yeah. in 10 years. Everyone's we'll going to start saying no because they're going to be like, Jonah does kind of a weird business pitch at the beginning. You just like sit through it and pretend you're going to invest. I got to get Cuban on the line again. I get Cuban get on. Got to get Cuban on. Bone, do you do any subscription services? Are you into it or not into it? I only weirdly do one and it feels very like out of character. And I kind of am a little embarrassed to admit this. I'm not embarrassed. I just, I, I genuinely enjoy these, 
but like GQ does one that like where they send you like nice like soaps and you know like wipes and stuff. That's and, so like, nice. I love that. I yeah. that kind of stuff is so fun to get in the mail. It's, it's such so a fun, fun. Yeah, they're all like usually sample sizes of like things, but like I I just like that it's curated by like people with like better taste than me and things. And I'm like, oh, see, like I I feel like I'm getting something out of this by having someone else make the decisions for me. And that's that's the that's like the perennial appeal of surprise enterprise. I totally agree. Thank you for bringing it back around. (laughs) But you're right. It is like when you're busy and stuff, you don't have time to like figure out. And then the nice thing about those things too, which is a lot of times why they do it is if you like something, you you can buy like a, yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever like bought something off of like a sample that you're, that like, you're like, thank God I got that sample. Like, I don't know what my life would have been like without that sample. Yes, totally. Totally. Like, especially weirdly. And I know that this is like the most like basic sample that a person can get but weirdly like perfume samples because oh no yeah yeah like i'm not a person who like actively is like i need a new scent but and i and then i buy perfume and i never wear it but i (laughs) like perfumes i love like perfume samples because i'm like i should get this i should be a person who throws this on you know sounds it sounds really chic i just matt and i just bought a fragrance (gasps) the other day and i've never been this obsessed with but then i have friends who are like why would you buy something? Why would you spend so much money on something you can't see? And I'm like, that's not the no, point. No, that's not. Why would you spend money on food by that logic? Oh, sure. You can see it. And that's that's sort of like <laughs> ableist. You're absolutely right. For You're people absolutely. who like can see. Yeah, totally. Well, you can see a scent. You can. It comes in a bottle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is You're true. Right. You're right. You're right. And also smells are so powerful. Honestly, sorry to link it so seamlessly to our podcast but they're so nostalgic when i smell ck1 (sighs) it takes me back i used to wear it to every bar and bat mitzvah in seventh grade (sighs) and so when i smell it now it takes me back more strongly than i think any song or anything yeah i so associate ck1 with with seventh grade bar and bat mitzvahs yeah Yeah, which i think is what calvin klein probably intended was (laughs) (laughs) i want i want this very like cool co-ed like exciting scent to be the thing that people wear to their bar and bat mitzvahs. That makes sense because I feel like whatever, not to get all sciencey, but like I, I think olfactory memory is like the strongest memory. Yeah. 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 I have a friend who, um, I don't know if I talked about this podcast, who was hit by a truck on his bike and oh, no. he lost his sense of smell. <gasps> he's, just, he's fine now. He's a super talented teacher, musician, but he, uh, I asked him about it and he said, I was like, oh, does it affect the way you taste? And he was like, it more affects my memory. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe wow. he had to actually prove it in court. I guess, that, you know, there's some way they have to test it or something, you know. Prove that he lost his sense of smell? Yeah. I don't remember all the details, but yeah, I think because like, I guess anyone could be like, yeah, I can't smell anything. They bring, <laughs> like, they, uh, they, bring, they, they pull up a damn mud pie and they go, can yeah. you smell that? And if you don't make a face and they go, your honor, he lost his sense of smell. He can't smell the poo. Yeah. I'm really like on a, on a poop kick. Vanessa was on my podcast and I did a whole I don't think so, honey, about poop on the toilet. I don't know what's yeah. going on. You know, sometimes that's just what is on your mind, you know? I've really been thinking about poop and pee and like... <laughs> I think I think they're like really and dude wipes with Katie Couric. That's right. Our our our, our head of right. content Hans is saying that. So like exciting. I I feel like pooping and peeing are like the last universal human experiences left. Like everyone is so like divided on everything else, but like we can all like it's that thing. Like everybody poops. Like uh, that's never been more true. Yeah, that really is true. <laughs> I was just thinking. No, I was seriously just thinking about like in ten years. Will some people be like doing something else with their poop? Not to get like yeah. too disgusting, but like. No, you're right. Because you know how people do like colonics and stuff? Like, mm-hmm. will some people just set thing that they do? Yeah. And will that be a sign of like wealth and. Oh, prosperity? of course. There's going to be some status assigned to the way we like piss and shit, I think, yeah. for sure. That, that's no, you're, you're, you're so, you're so prescient, Vanessa. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, when we were talking about the curation too, I wanted to sort of add, like, are you 
are you kind of like over people curating every like you made a playlist and now you're a curator do you feel like that term is like a little overused no absolutely not this is the culture sort of swapping in curator when they just mean like oh that this person made a decision <laughs> oh, yes <laughs> exactly although i do have to say i got a suit for my wedding at bonobos you and matt's <gasps> face were all over and i ended up buying no. i think i texted you i ended up buying some shirts that you two designed they that- were so cool and, well, I don't think we. I don't think we designed them. Well, the woman working there told me like this. That we designed. Yes, yes. <laughs> they were a like lie. Yes, like three or four of the design. They were like, oh, Matt, Matt and Bowen designed this one. I was like, oh, this one's cool. <laughs> and then I felt bad buying anything. ones that you didn't design. I was like, wow, they're so talented. <laughs> I said something to Matt about it too. I was like, Jonah got some shirts that you and Bowen designed, and he was like, I don't think we designed them. <laughs> anytime, anytime it's like JLo designed this line of whatever, I'm like, it's so funny to me. I picture the person like sitting down at like a workstation, <laughs> like making little sketches. And I'm like, that makes me laugh so much. It's so it it tickles me so. I really was like, oh, Bowen, they picked this shade of green. Like they were probably looking at all these samples, trying to figure out which one was perfect. <laughs> I really thought that they were I like, wish. this really compliments this. This the, let's do this, and maybe it's a floral. It's maybe a like a like an abstract floral. So, what other like product lines are you working on right now, Bowen? Um, I <laughs> don't have. I would love to actually make a candle, even though it's so housewives. Even Nessa knows it's such a housewives oh. trope. But I really would love to make a candle. I'm not working on one. I don't have any product lines coming. Would it be out. a one wick or a three? wick? It would be one. A three wick. It's a three wick. I think of like okay, either you're a spa. Or yeah. this is the backyard of like a house in it feels Arizona. very citronella. It feels very so like, citronella. Yeah, yeah. Though don't tell Karen that. I mean, I'll still buy the Karen candle, but of I course. mean, I'm one wick. So it's Jonah. There's this whole like culture war on the Real Housewives of Potomac between two of the housewives who are each coming out with their own candles. Oh wow! Yeah, one of them has three wicks. One of them has one. And the one with three wicks was cu- trying to kind of give advice to the one with one wick and never really kind of disclosed that she's working on her own candle. And she was like, and then later in testimonials, she was like, well, we're not doing the same thing. Mine has three wicks. Hers has one wick. <laughs> totally, totally different. She also kind of was uh, being like a little shit. Like she was like, she was like in three wicks, like can fill like a much larger. She was kind of being right. like, three wicks is a better investment. You know what I mean? Type of yeah, thing. But yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I, I would love to do a, a candle soon. I could see you doing a great candle, finding a great scent. And mm-hmm. and what would you call it? Oh, my God. This is so hard. Doug. It would be called poo. <laughs> Doug said poo. Doug. I'd say, I'd say anti-piss. I'd be anti-piss. Ant- anti-piss. I love that. <laughs> because you know how there's like that boy sense company where it's like boy smells yeah boy smells uh-huh. and what are theirs called it used to be like coin and it would smell like a coin and I hated that one I got it's like yeah. someone gave me that and I was like don't give me a candle that smells like a dirty coin yeah but then now, now they like taking themselves more seriously and it's like oh like fleur fantôme or whatever you know like now it's like yeah. chic chic names got it got it I'm glad they started giving themselves the respect and taking themselves seriously that that's feels- when everything can change for you if you start to respect yourself yeah the possibilities open yeah bone are you like a soy based candle or what's your sort of I'm gonna do wood deal? wick so it's not gonna okay. be like your traditional like wick that like is sooty 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 the wood wicks are burned so clean and then I'm gonna do I think I'm probably gonna do a soy yeah soy seems the most sustainable are the woodwicks the ones that kind of crackle? Yeah, they crackle a little too much and it is a little scary. But fun at the same time. But fun and like, I love that it's like three strips of wood just like coming up out of the wax. Like it, it kind of looks interesting. Yeah. Well, I think for Surprise Enterprise, we could get you involved. Your candles could be a great surprise item for our customers. I would be so thrilled. Well, obviously for a price, you'd have to invest. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. We can, we can talk about that later. Okay. We're going to take a break, but me and Bowen are going to work out some details, and we'll be back right after this. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. So, Bowen, we reached out to you before this interview and asked you to come up with a topic you want to discuss today. And your topic is Digimon. Digimon. Short for Digital Monsters. Mm-hmm. So, for our listeners who may not be familiar with Digimon, could you talk a little bit about them and maybe your relationship? Yes. So, Digimon was this television show based on a, a manga, a comic series, I think by Toei and Bandai Namco, something. And really big in the late 90s, early aughts. Sort of the rival to Pokemon as a franchise. Pokemon in its heyday. I mean, Pokemon is still on its heyday. Who am I I kidding? Right. But, But in the beginning of Pokemon, Digimon was sort of the closest, I would say, not competitor. It was just like, it was just something you would watch. And then I ended up really developing stronger feelings to Digimon just because the monsters could talk. So in Pokemon, the monsters, there's there's about 150 of them in the first generation and they can only say their names. Pikachu can only say Pikachu, right? And so, but in Digimon, you have a Digi-Destined in the first season. You have these kids who each have only one Digimon and the Digimon would be able to talk, speak English to them or Japanese, depending on which version you were watching. And then they would save the digital world and therefore save the real world by making sure that the digital analog world was safe from these threats that like really would have destroyed society, specifically Japan. And, um, (laughs) and yeah, I mean, it was just like, it was just a really beautiful show. Got it. Got it. Now, (laughs) Were no we now were you also into the Digimon toy? There weren't that many toys. I was like I was like about like 13, 12, 13 years old when Digimon was like 
when I was okay. like peak Digimon, which like I was too old to like this, some might say. <laughs> but I I really enjoyed it. But they came out with a Digivice, so every every Digi destined, every human being who had a Digimon uh, was able to sort of like connect with their Digimon with this Digivice, just kind of like a little Tamagotchi situation. Yeah. So I I did have that, yeah. You did because we were researching. It seems like they kind of uh, marketed Tamagotchi to like teenage girls or something, yeah, or they thought uh-huh. that. So this was kind of like the more masculine equivalent, it, yeah. for, for boys, <laughs> and it seemed a little bit more aggressive too. Because whereas Tamagotchi were more like kind of like cute pets, yes. Digimon they were saying were kind of like little little monsters, little monsters, and you were you would fight with them, and they would evolve, and then they would. They would like revert back to their like base forms, but you could like you know you would start off with the little, a cute little bird, and then it would evolve all the way up to this like crazy phoenix or this angel woman with like breasts. Like it was really like the like Digimon was very expansive in the way that it like 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 the the designs are crazy. The designs are insane. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over the place, but like no. there's just there was just so much there. And and but yeah, I did have the Digivice and there was it was a step counter too, so it like got me to like walk around as a kid. Oh, wow. And God, I like really was obsessed with that thing. And like anytime like my parents would like take us out to like some like dinner party at some family's house, like I would just like be in the basement by myself, just like pacing around, playing around with the Digi- I had the Digimon cards. They were, like Pokemon, they were Digimon cards. I really got into it. We learned that the virtual pet Digimon was banned in some Asian schools by being considered by parents and teachers as very noisy and violent. Oh, interesting. See, I think they might they might have sold a different device in Asia than they did in America. Okay. In America, it was a pretty basic. It was There wasn't anything too special about it, but it was just like... I couldn't believe that it was from the show. Like that's what yeah. that's what the appeal was to me. But in, in Asia, I did hear about this. Like the like the noises that the, the that the thing made were crazy. Yeah, it seems like they <laughs> they were very loud. Um, but to, it seems like to you, like the show was really your yes, yeah. The show got me like honestly into like a writer brain or into like storytelling because there would be these season long arc like Pokemon. It was like never about like an arc. It was just about like, okay, this one kid has to fight these different gym leaders, but Digimon, like every season had like a serialized thing. And like, it was the kind of like the first time that I was able to be like, Oh, like I can draw, make up my own monsters and make up my own like stories. And then just like, it wasn't even fan fiction. I was like starting off. Like I was like in my own sketchbooks, like, drawing character designs for like my own animated show and it kind of like lit that fuse i know that sounds really silly but like it got got me going in that like direction and then i just like started like drawing a bunch of stuff and like i think like digimon is like the the catalyst for all of that what else was like 2003 2002 what else was like a teenage bone yang kind of into at that point i was was all over the place like it would be like Digimon, it would be, like, those shows. Like, I didn't grow up with cable, so, like, I really had to, like, make do with the stuff that was, like, on Saturday mornings on, like, WB and Fox Kids. And then it would be, like, reading, like, Sister to the Traveling Pants and then, like, watching, like, Mean Girls in the theater three times. Like, I was, like, so, like, figuring out how to be, like, a boy and, like, (laughs) genuinely, like, be interested in, like, these boy things, but then be, like, but I like all the girly stuff, too. And, like, really was, like... That was the tension there. I was being pulled in a lot of different directions. You have an older sister? Yeah. She was kind of like the like my back door. She was like smuggling in all the girly stuff. Like I just it was just in front of me. Like she yeah. had like the sister of the traveling pants on her bookshelf. Yeah. And then I would like steal it. I didn't steal, I would just take it from her shelf and read it and then hide it under the bed because I didn't want my parents to see or her to see. Like it was just like this was like a very tumultuous time for me. I'm sure. Yeah. But but you figured it out. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. and I'm sure all of that and all of that. I mean, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants is so good. It's so good. All of that stuff. I mean, with Jonah being my older brother, like I feel like I watched a lot of, like I don't think I would know as many metal songs <laughs> from. Yeah, which is coming super handy for you, I'm sure. But, no, but honestly, it you, probably has. You no, know, we wrote one sketch on SNL called "Girls Can Rock," which never made it. On. Oh. But. Um, <laughs> 
But so that was helpful. But you do sort of, I, I think even like, like I, I just feel like you just get influenced by your older siblings. 100%. Stuff no matter what. And that sort of informs your personality in one way totally. or another. Like I'm a huge rocker now. Uh, are you? Huge. No, I'm not. Uh, but I, but I have an interest in. I probably am more interested in music. What if I was like, yeah, and then I like got up and I brought you all my guitars and stuff, and was like, this like, is Vanessa. my, this is my first Les Paul. I know that name because of Jonah, but it, it definitely like influences your your life for sure. But like Digimon was like something that I found like on my on own. your own, and so that maybe that's why like I have like a more severe attachment to it yeah and i honestly haven't been able to talk about it or haven't been given a chance to talk about it in a very long time so i'm so i, I this is all coming out very jumbled and, or, and, and, and not at unorganized all. but like if there's anything if you have any questions about digimon i'm happy to answer them to the best of my ability we were look you know we were doing research about the show and about the toy and everything and it says several anime series have been produced yes since 1999 but i'm curious i wonder if it still exists in any form i think they've rebooted it and there there are some really pretty well received video games that have come out in the last like 5 years or so i just think there's something there's something really okay so let me just lay this out for you guys for yes. the tv show I think they did a very clever thing, which is the first season is it's these kids who are all in middle school in Japan, and then they get sucked into the digital world, which is this like fantasy like world where like all these monsters are running around, and then the villains of that digital world come out into the real world, and then they have to go back to the real world and stop this villain, Pindmon. Anyway, that doesn't matter. But they do that's the first season. Season two is like four years later, one of the younger kids grows up and is in like high school and makes friends with a new set of kids and they go into the digital world and then the same thing happens basically that it, it all spills out into the real world they have to st- they have to save the real world. The third season those the third season is very clever in that it makes it a show within a show so that the first two seasons of Digimon are like an actual television show in the world of this of the, of the third season. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds pretty meta. It's for very meta, kind of and like for a yeah. kids show, like it was like three. Sure. It was like three kids in like real Tokyo being like, oh, like Digimon's a thing, and like they love the show, and then oh my god, they get their own Digimon, and Digimon are real in like this in this world. Like it's, it kind of was like pretty mature, developed storytelling, I think, and that's like all Japanese stuff. I feel like is like very high concept no matter what yeah but, yeah anyway that's like the first three seasons hans was telling us it has a very iconic theme song yes what are your thoughts on the theme could you maybe talk about that a little it's a gorgeous theme song there's like an operatic quality to it so like the main chorus of it is digimon digital monsters digimon are the champion and it's just this guy with like a really fun poppy voice just like singing it. and then it all of a sudden goes into this like different vocalist who is who who like in like a dropped in like opera voice is like change into digital champions to save the digital world and like it's just it was the craziest theme song like pokemon was very like epic rock but it was just like a truly like crazy pastiche of musical styles and that's why i appreciate like that time in like children's television and and children's anime we're gonna listen to the song here we go (laughs) (laughs) yeah wow David Bowie. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. I'm so impressed by this. Yeah. I feel like pumped up now. I mean, I yeah, am like, I feel ready to start my day. It's a, totally. it's a club. It's a floor filler. Like, yeah, if that came on at the club, you would rush to the floor. And you're right. There is a very Bowie-esque element. Yeah, that's it's Bowie. That's what it was. I, I, I was like, operatic isn't right. It's Bowie. Like the, the person was yeah. like, I'm going to do my Bowie impression. And it worked. Like, I, like, really, really loved that song. Yeah. I mean, do you think, like you said, these kind of Japanese cartoons are more high concept? Yeah, because I feel like here, like, the the theme song for Tiny Toons or something. I mean, they're, Mm -hmm. like, these, like, very basic songs. I mean, that is a really kind of layered texture experience. I just went to, like, that Academy Museum thing, and they have, like, a Miyazaki exhibit. 
I'm just walking around. I'm like, oh, these are all like high concepts. Not that like Miyazaki is the same as Digimon, but I'm like, see, like there was just like, I like that a lot of those anime shows from my childhood that like were brought were like broadcast in america is like i like that they like went there even though they were kid shows that like mm-hmm. these were like really like they didn't like dumb dumb things down for like a child or a teenager yeah i don't know well you know you might not know this but i studied children's media in college mm-hmm I think I did know this. <laughs> well, I, like I, you kind of talk about it a lot. I guess I do, but you know, like that was like that's like the thing with like Sesame Street is that like yeah. parents they made it so that like parents could watch it with the kids because it was like so not talking down to kids in a way that would be like interesting for people of any ages to watch. So like I do think there is something to like a show even if it's for kids being mm-hmm. like giving kids the respect of like your people who are smart and you want to see something that's good. And here's like a sophisticated story, you know, like yeah. here's like something that like will maybe get you whatever inspired to like yeah. think about things this way. Like that I, I I truly I know that sounds so silly or cloying or whatever, but I really did like it like lit this totally. spark in me to be like, "Whoa, I can like make up my own stuff like i really like got me it was because it wasn't fan fiction again it was like my own like ip yeah like this is and you know it really shows i feel like on saturday night live you so many of your characters are so imaginative and it's like i i could see how a show like this like got you to sort of you know i'm sure it influenced you and i in a way that you were like i can create my own things and like yeah you know there's endless possibilities to do that and clearly like a very imaginative person. So I'm sure that that was like such a influential thing for you. I love that you tied Digimon to SNL. I did. <laughs> they're very similar. Uh, they're very similar. I mean, honestly, almost the same. But I've said it before and I'll say it again. Anytime you're on screen, I'm my heart is filled with joy. Come you're on. so fun to watch. You're so put me at ease in a way. That's you're so just, nice. You're so... You're just incredible on that show and an incredible talent yeah. in general. Thanks, Vanessa. Jonah, your turn. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, well, we, no, no, you no, know, no, it's no, true. No, 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 don't I, do I mean, this. <laughs> don't do it. You know, it. me and Bo and Woe together on, on Search Party, the podcast. We, I, uh, I feel like we like were like in the same battalion or, yeah, or some, of yeah. some war. That's great. But I also wanted to say I'm feeling a little insecure because I'm the only one here, I just realized, who hasn't been nominated for an Emmy. <gasps> Wow, you will. Wow, you will, Jonah. <laughs> you will. Jonah? Next week. Next week. Well, they're announcing nominees we'll when are next they, week. They're announcing them next week? For, oh, wow. for, best, enter, for best enterprises. Best, enter, oh, best business <laughs> idea. Best idea for, for a um, curated business. Curated business. All right. All right. I got to submit that. Best I guess curator. I got to. Yeah. Yeah. Jonah, yeah. I hope I. Yeah. Thank you. You're, Thank you for both of you for your support. That on, really means a lot. You're on your way. You know? Yeah, I'm on my way. Also, I'm, I'm sure the way. Digimon people, sorry to take it. I'm sure like they're so excited that you're such a big fan of theirs, Bowen. Well, I don't know that there are. I don't know. I'm sure there are Digimon. There are Digimon boards, like message boards. I just yeah. don't know that like it really is like a silent community. Like there's no like like Pokemon fans are still like, you know, running rampant on Instagram, like posting all their stuff. Like there's like all my Discover pages, just Pokemon stuff. And there's such a yeah. Pokemon Instagram subculture like Digimon like I feel like it's been like a little bit buried under a lot of other stuff and it gets kind of like short shrift in terms of like nostalgia people don't like remember Digimon fondly people like to like rag on it or make fun of it for being like a Pokemon clone which it's I don't think it is yeah um I just think like Digimon is the perfect sort of like specific fandom that like isn't like it's not cool necessarily necessarily to like it. I'm sorry to Digimon, I'm, but I'm, I, I think Digimon people, if you're listening, if you're really honest with yourselves, like you don't like Digimon because it's cool. You like it because there's like an earnestness and there's like something kind of cheesy about it, which I, which is why I, I know that's why I love it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like sometimes there's like a more legit version of something that's actually like more interesting. And but the thing that catches on is the thing that's like trendier or whatever. I mean, I talked about this. (laughs) 
talked about this recently, and this is so different. But I, I feel like the band, the female hair band that people love from the '80s is Heart, whereas I loved Vixen, and I do think that Vixen was there you more. Go. I don't mean to talk about Vixen every week, but I feel like Vixen was more like a little bit more. They were less popular, but mm-hmm, they had like mm-hmm. more edge to them in a way that is like that's what that movement kind of was. And by the way, I every time I've made this comparison, I love heart. I don't mean to put heart down. No, and I we know love that heart. This, we love heart. But I'm just saying like, it wasn't maybe as cool or trendy to like Vixen. And, uh, and I, and I, and I have to stop talking about <laughs> the same things every week or people is are going to stop Is t <laughs> like in the same neighborhood? What's that band called? Give a little bit of heart and soul. Oh. Give a little bit of love to grow. That's t I think they were like, yeah. they're like another gr- 80s girl hair group yeah. that I'm like, they don't get enough love. They don't get yeah. ver- very little, very little. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And this is like true of any fandom. Like there is some like alternative to whatever the mainstream yeah. thing is. And, but Digimon is even, yeah, Digimon is like definitely that, but it's also like idiosyncratic in its own way. And it feels something, it feels like something different. And it feels like if you know, you know, it's one of those things anyway. Yeah. I find it very interesting the way, I mean, obviously this is what your podcast with Maz about how you view things through like the culture or like mm-hmm. this kind of bigger picture. Is that something, is that like just kind of a viewpoint you think you have on a lot of things is that like a natural way for you to look at things or i feel like i don't know what i'm talking about most of the time i don't <laughs> no, that's I'm, how i feel too yeah i'm kind of just shooting from the hip with anything i say yeah but i matt is very knowledgeable matt like knows his stuff he knows how he feels about it he know he like is drawing from like a huge well of experience or whatever i'm just kind of like oh yeah i think this is what that means like i i'm very like i think you know a lot of stuff i think you guys both just approach things differently so which makes your podcast so fun to listen to because it's like you're coming from kind of different angles and the way you approach i guess culture oh maybe maybe i don't know i just um I don't know. I just, I just, I never get to talk about this stuff. It's, it's just people like kind of like have to learn about it. I think people want to like talk about things that they already sort of might know about. Well, it's funny when we were, you you were talking about Pokemon. I was like, I didn't the whole time and it literally until like two minutes ago, (laughs) you guys are going to think this is so dumb. No. (laughs) I was thinking of Pogs. Oh. They're not pogs. And I was like, they're not pogs. They're not pogs. No, Pokemon had had the resurgence (laughs) because of the Pokemon Go thing. Is that true, Bowen? Which was the thing where you would see a Pokemon on the street and you would like take a picture (laughs) with your phone. Was that yes, basically, like it was that. like the augmented reality, and you would like, and the, you know, people would be running around, and there was that one week in 2016 in the summer where everyone was playing it, or not everyone, but like people, you, I you know, people. So remember that, yeah, people being like backyards and shit. People like, get out of my backyard. It's like there's a Vaporeon here. We have to like come and catch it. Like there yes. was that, that was like the last true moment of like societal bliss that we experienced before things like all went bad. <laughs> Jonah and I went to a um, Yankees game with. Lauren's tickets which have you done that mm-hmm. yet? I've done that yeah it's it's fun hey. but anyways I remember us leaving uh leaving the game and like being on the people were like playing it on the street like I remember being like uh-huh. starting to play and it was like the the Pokemon are in this you've got to be careful around traffic uh, no that. so it was careful bad, yeah it's crazy it's crazy anyway feels like no matter what Pokemon like would try and do what cool virtual games they try to come up with they never really had the storytelling or the actual cred of Digimon. Well, Pokemon was just kind of retreading the same thing over yeah. and over again, story-wise. Digimon was like, truly like, let's really... And then, so the fourth season, I believe, it's like the humans become the Digimon. Like, it was really trying to reinvent, like, wow. constantly. Like, and maybe it didn't work all the time, but I was just like, I respect the risk-taking that's going on here. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back with Bowen. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. Now, Bowen, we would like to play a game with you that we call Yes-Stalgia. Yes-Stalgia. Or No-Stalgia. (laughs) No-Stalgia. Ready? Okay, so basically, we discuss an item or pop culture phenomenon uh, from the past that's coming Mm -hmm. back. And we all vote on whether it's a Yes-Stalgia or a No-Stalgia. Like, you know, obviously, if you're into it, yes. And Mm -hmm. I'm into it now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. Love it. This first one was suggested by our producers. They thought you may have some strong opinions okay. on this. Oh, no. And this is the Cowboy Bebop live action remake for Netflix. Okay. Um, they just dropped a trailer this week. I really want it to succeed. I just okay. think people have been burned in the past. I, I haven't been burned, but there was um a Death Note adaptation that was live action on Netflix that people really didn't like. Because people really love the original anime series. There's potential for that to happen here because Cowboy Bebop is such a, like, people really love it. I have not finished it. I'm bad. I've watched it and I've enjoyed it. And I think, but I've always thought to myself, how are they going to make this live? But I think John Cho is going to be so good. I can't wait to see it. I don't have, I, I'll say yes, Stalgia. And just to be clear, okay, okay. So this was a uh, Japanese anime series. Yes. And yes. so this is, they're bringing it. They're making it live action to Netflix. They're making it live action to Netflix. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it seems very exciting. It's like, it's like such a genius show. It's like Spaghetti Western in space with like a film noir, with like a noir yeah. sheen on it. It's like really, inter- it's such a sexy show and it's like really cool and funny. And I, I hope, I I, th- I think it'll be, I think I hope it'll be good. I think it might be. I'm excited to yeah. watch it. Yeah. I watched the trailer and it had kind of almost like a 
James Bond kind of vibe to it as well. Yeah. Would you say that's true? Okay. There's a James Bond vibe to it. There's like Tarantino slash Spaghetti Western, but you like, it depends on like what you think is like the source or the inspiration. Like, yeah, there's like a bunch of stuff going on and it all works um, based on the original anime. Um, But I think yes, nostalgia. Okay, great. All right, we got a yes, nostalgia from Bowen. Vanessa, what about you? I got to give this a yes, nostalgia. I'm, I mean, just the name alone, Cowboy Bebop, to me, it's is a great name. So much fun. I mean, I'm having a blast just saying. It. So I, <laughs> I'm excited to see it. It sounds very cool. Now I want to watch the anime version too. But the live action that seems incredible. I'm into the it. anime version. It's like 22 minute episodes. There's only 20. It's not like multiple seasons. It was only okay. one season, 26 episodes. You can do the English dub or you can do the subtitles. Like it's, it's really watchable. It's really digestible. Oh, I think. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out. Jonah, would you give this a, yeah, yes I'm going to, I'm going to yes. Dolger this as well. Okay. I'm always looking for new stuff to watch. Looks, looks fun. Mm-hmm. I'm totally, totally down with this. Great. Great. Okay, great. That was unanimous. Now, our yep. next topic, um, Bowen, is that after 10 years, uh, Oreo Cakesters are coming back. Um, <laughs> I don't think I <laughs> Do you know had them. A, you no. haven't had them? They're they're basically like... <laughs> Cakesters. <laughs> like an Oreo with vanilla filling, but instead of the wafers of an Oreo, it's uh, like a cake. Like kind of like a like a moist kind of cake with Oreo filling in the middle. I, yes. I, I love anything Oreo. Sure, yeah. let's say let's yeah. say yes, yeah. nostalgia. Yeah. Now you know, yeah. um, Jonah had a question based on this article uh, that talks about it. Had a term that Jonah didn't know in it. Yeah, I got to give the context a little okay. bit. Okay. So so this is like uh, <laughs> I talk about this in the podcast all the time. These like corporate. Twitter accounts yes. that are like tr- try to use this like millennial slang yeah. you know it's written by this like 50 year old guy uh-huh. but I actually don't know a lot of these terms because I'm like yeah. a 42 year old guy <laughs> um, but Oreo Cookie posted and I didn't know what this meant I had to look it up I'm curious if you know what this term I'm sure you will know okay. what it means. maybe I won't Oreo posted a photo of, of the new the new box for the cakesters and said talk about a glow up Okay, coming back early 2022 okay. do you know what glow up means? yeah I think I do, but it's sort of implied. Like, can you like based on that, based on context clues? Can you not tell what a glow up is? I I don't know. I didn't really. I mean, I guess. (laughs) Good for you, Bowen, for making Jonah figure answer his own question. (laughs) Yeah, I guess at the time, I just didn't. I didn't really understand. I was like, glow up. It's like a level up. It's like do they glow? It's like, you know, when you like put on like when you like put on a nice serum or, you know, you went, you've just come from the spa, you, you have a nice glow about you. It's, right, it's that. Right. It's like you've gone through something and therefore you've like made a quantum leap up to the next level. Yeah. You've okay. kind of like upped your game. It's a mm-hmm. glow up. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. it. Well, then, then, you know, to keep this theme going, <laughs> there's also a Nutter Butter flavor. Oh. Of the Cakesters. The only difference is that it, filling in the middle will be the filling it's is like different. a Nutter Butter Cakester. That's a no, that's a nostalgia okay. because I don't like peanut butter in my cake. I love peanut butter everywhere else. I don't like it in, ca- in like cakey stuff. Well, Nutter Butter had to reply to this glow up tweet, by the way. <laughs> um, with, and and they had to write, you know, post theirs and say twinning. Oh no! That made Jonah furious. Uh, it's it's something about it is so gross to me or something. Even though I know it's like fun, but you're like getting people to like engage, but you're just trying to sell them something. Like you don't care about this. Like this is all marketing to you, but right. you're trying to make it like funny or like cool. Something about it bugs me. I don't know. Is that just a weird personality quirk of me? Do you think it loops back around to being like ironic and funny? Like now that like it's like being like thrown around by like these corporate accounts. Like I feel like it's fu- it's sort of fun now. Like I haven't heard someone actually say twinning in a long time. But now that Nutter Butter right. is saying it, I'm like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah I maybe. It's- <laughs> I guess maybe the thing is like maybe Jonah lighten up a little. <laughs> no, bit. no, no. I don't think it's anything wrong with you. Well, it's it is funny because it's like at, in their marketing for them to say like talk about a glow up. <laughs> Are, am I supposed to see that as a consumer and go like, oh, they have a great sense of humor? I gotta check <laughs> well, these yeah, out. I was there was another tweet I saw recently from Dunkin' Donuts where they were like, ordering my drink ahead of time makes me feel expensive. <laughs> and, like, mm. I like, and I was like, 
what? Like, is this a term? And like, people are like, I don't know. It's just so wow. weird. Like marketing, I just feel like these people have no idea like how to sell things anymore to millennials. And so they're just like, how can we connect? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, you know what? I think about this, not to not to bring up something Vanessa's been in, but I think about this episode of Shrill all the time where it's Vanessa's like the person who runs this like women's conference. Right. Right. Um, uh, Waham. Waham. It was an episode Sorry, written by right. Studi Green, um, a friend of ours, Studi Green. And um, the whole, the whole like, point of the episode is like she like goes to 80s character goes to this like convention that's very like pop feminism like watered down like bullshit and she's like who is this for and it's like well it actually it is for some people who like have nothing in common with her necessarily like it it is for this like swath of the population that like needs this kind of thing in order to like understand conceptually certain things and so i kind of anytime it's like anytime someone like rags on like I don't know, like some like bastardized version of like something that like we used to hold dear that we used to like thought we used to think was like pretty niche or something. I'm just like, well, you know, if this is like helping someone like engage with the culture in a way, like if they see like Oreo cakesters talking about having a glow up and they and they think it's funny because it's like a reference to something that they recognize from their own lives. And like, maybe that's that's nice. I don't know. But I'm not. But the, the point is not Jonah lighten up. It is kind of crazy. <laughs> it is crazy that these no, things No, I think that's a good point. Well, I mean, Bone, you're like sort of considered this like iconic millennial kind of voice. So, <laughs> no. sorry. I it's think true. it's true. No. It's true. So, I was real that's why I was really especially oh, interested no. in getting your output and I think I think you have a really good Positive perspective take. on this. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really I think that's a really healthy perspective yeah. on it. Yeah. Thanks. So maybe we need to back off of Oreo cakesters and Nutter Butter cakesters. But I'm I'm still nostalgia on Nutter Butter cakesters. Okay. So you're you're yes nostalgia on the original cakester yes. return, but nostalgia on the Nutter Butter. And I'm sorry, I don't like Nutter Butter. Okay. I get that. I I mean I don't agree with you, but I get that. Now I <laughs> I also want to just say something before we move on. Oreo Kicksters, you know, they're coming back in 2022. They were around from 2007 to 2012. Since that time, in 2019 and 2021, there were two change.org petitions to bring them back. I think we've got to like make a, uh, we need to like uh, make a list of all of the snack foods that um, have been, have had petitions on change.org to bring them back. But just something that always surprises Jonah and I is the number of, snack foods that have change.org petitions when again we've said it before we'll say it again not what we think the intended use of change (laughs) 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 i just think it's so funny like a snack it's discontinued like five years later someone's like i'm gonna start this i gotta go to change we need direct action yeah it's just such a funny place to go for something like that is equated generally with like social change some poor some poor like team yeah. manager in like dc has to like wake up and like go through <laughs> well these are the these are the big like high click through petitions and i'm i'm on the <laughs> snack beat yeah 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 okay we are ready for our third and final yes nostalgia jonah do you want to introduce it as someone who has actually kind of a connection to it yeah, so this is about the return of Toys R Us. Oh, by the way, did we give our... Oh, I give Oreo oh. Kicksters a yes-dolja, Jonah. What about you? Yeah, yes-dolja. Okay, I'm sure. so sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, so the return of Toys R Us was announced back in March when WHP Global acquired the parent company of the toy store and says looking to reopen some of its physical stores by the end really? of the year. Yeah. And, and they will do pop-up shops, flagships, pop-ups, airport shops, as well as mini shops uh, within other retailers across North America wow. uh, ahead of the 2021 holiday season. It looks like they're going to do um, some in Macy's or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously iconic brand. And yeah, Vanessa's referring to the fact that I worked in high school <gasps> at a Kids R Us. Kids oh R Us, same owners. God. Which was, yeah, it was me and all these like punk kids. and That's like cool. like the suburban punk scene somehow took over this Kids R Us. And yeah, I mean, I remember I'd wear Jinkos and this like blue vest. Like I probably like was not the person you want to buy clothes for your little but kid I from. You I had no, very good no I'm sure. I was very nice. I'm sure everyone was really good. Yeah, it was fine. But I remember us just like going in the back store room and being like, we should play basketball with this bot. Like we would just like 
mess around. I got my bag. We got our bags checked every night when we left for work, which I thought was so funny like because it's like, what am I going to steal? steal? Kids clothes. Yeah. And we also couldn't accept those Jeffrey dollars because they were so widely counterfeited that we just wow. stopped taking them um, or they discontinued them. But uh, that was one of my first jobs I had in high school. And I, I think I just had it because my friends worked there. I don't think I well, really. Well, you know, Joni, we used to exclusively shop there as kids. I hope you know. I mean, I remember getting an outfit that was like a denim outfit. It had a bunch of gold different like chains and peace signs all well, they over had, it. Wow. Yeah. They had some like these big like life-size games there. And I think At they were mostly gone. Yeah, they're mostly gone or broke. I don't know, if Vanessa, you remember this? You'd like go up and press buttons oh, on these yeah. big things. I think they were gone by the time or broken. But in the late 90s, we said remnants of them. But that was really fun as kids. Bone, did you go shopping at, at Kids R Us as a kid I at all? I never went to Kids R Us. Okay. And Toys R Us was... Toys R Us. Well, Toys R Us was this very emotional thing for me because my sister and I would always beg to go. Beg to go. And my parents would be like, no, we're not going. It's too expensive. And if we buy you toys, then you're not going to do your home. Like, like, it was just, it was this thing like, you can never, we can never go. I don't think, I think I've only set foot in a Toys R Us like twice. Wow. wow. And the the second one was like the one in Times Square, which I went to as an adult and I still Same. loved. Same. I went to when I first got on SNL, I went to it. It's so fun inside. It's it was incredible. so fun. incredible. Especially, yeah. did you walk through the Barbie Area. There's like a whole Barbie like. There was a whole Barbie area. There was like a whole Bionicle Lego area. Like oh it's a magical God. place. And there's a and there's a um there's a Ferris wheel in the middle. That's right. right. It's crazy. Oh my God. It's Toys R Us. So crazy. But yeah. So you always wanted to go as a kid. We which it was just like at Christmas. Like it was always like, can we buy something from Toys R Us? And it was like, no, we're shopping at like. Costco instead and it's gonna be like a book you know like that was Toys R Us like represented like something that like I couldn't ever touch or attain and I don't know like it doesn't it doesn't take away from like the beauty and legacy of Toys R Us yeah but for me I'm just like wow like it was like America Ferreira's character and Sister of the Traveling Pants watching the family eat dinner without her and she throws a brick through the window. Like, I I don't know. Like, I like wanted to be part of it so badly. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to throw a brick at the Toys R Us. Do you think they're going to bring it. back the song that goes like this? <laughs> I don't want to cry because if I did, I wouldn't be a Toys R Us kid. That's <laughs> That's so beautiful. Thank you. Wow. I forgot about that song. <laughs> <That's> the song. <laughs> but the way you sang it was so powerful. <laughs> it's so Vanessa. It's Vanessa. Anyway. So, I mean, I don't think we really have to guess, but are you, is this a yes nostalgia or a nostalgia for you? Well, I just, I, I'm torn because I don't want this to okay. be a thing where it comes back and then it doesn't succeed and then it like fails again. Right, 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 right. I don't have, I can't handle that. I can't handle Toys R Us dying on me twice. Well, what I will say is that I do think the fact that they're doing pop-ups, airport shops, and mini stores within other retailers is kind of smart. I mean, there will be some flagship stores, but I think that's like a good way to kind of like integrate, you know, I sure. don't think they're bringing back those huge, only those huge stores, which are probably quite an investment. But I, I was going to say like, don't, don't, don't put in all this money with the pop-up into these pop-ups, just open back up the Times Square location. And yeah. honestly, there was a Toys R Us location in the Bronx when I was in college and I was playing Pokemon. Sorry, Digimon. But I was still playing the Pokemon games and you could only get specific rare, super rare Pokemon like once in a lifetime. Like they'll never release the Pokemon again. And you could only get them from Toys R Us locations. And the one in Times Square for wow. some reason didn't have it. So we, my friends and I went all the way up to the Bronx. We were like 19 years old in like the dead of winter and like went to this Toys R Us and the employees were so nice and so helpful. And it was a lovely store. So Aww. I, you know what? I, I love Toys R Us so much. So I will say yes, Dalja. Yeah. Okay. We got a yes, Dalja from Bowen. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, I went to school in Ithaca, New York. I went to Ithaca college. And when you go in Ithaca, you're like, Oh, go to school in Ithaca. Everyone's like, Oh, did you go to Cornell? And you're like, no, I didn't. And that's how I felt working at kids. R Us. <gasps> Everyone's like, Oh, you work at Toys R Us. And I was like, no, I work at the one that sells like clothes for kids, not wow, like I didn't realize toys. that. Uh -huh. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. So damn. I feel I also like you, Bone, have sort of complex yeah. feelings about it. 
But I say, yeah, sure. I mean, I think, you know, anything that gets people out of the house, everyone buys stuff online. So I think anything that gets you out of the house into a, a store and interacting with the world, that's great. Okay, so that's a yes More power for you. To no. That's a yes to for me. What about I you, have Vanessa? less deep-seated uh, emotional <laughs> kind of feelings about this, but I would give it a yes nostalgia. I mean, I'm so into toy stores. I think they're so fun. And, and having gone to the one in Times Square, which was so incredible, it's like, you know, and of course that, <laughs> I mean, I guess we've heard a couple song. beautiful songs, but <laughs> just having such a beautiful song, I mean, that alone make, you know, so I'm, and, and, and what's the name of the giraffe? Jeffrey. 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 Yeah. I hope they bring Jeffrey back, even though RIP Jeffrey Dollars or whatever. Jeffrey Dollars. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like Jeffrey Dahmer. It does. It does sound like Jeffrey Dollar. I wonder if anyone has Jeffrey Dollars they've been like hoarding for the last 10 yeah. years. It's like, oh, can I find yeah. it? Yeah, can I use these? They should do some kind of um, some kind of promotion with promotion. that. Promotion. Yeah. Some yeah. kind of customized promotion. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was so fun. Bowen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed that, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Do We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural milestones like Digimon. Thank you. Thank you for giving us space to talk about Digimon. Thank you. And everyone, please listen to Last Culturistas. And check out Bowen's upcoming designs. Yes! Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.